The Cambridge Dictionary defines the verb grace as being in a place and making it look more attractive. Well, that's the thing about parenthood. Sometimes it's the last thing you think when you hear that word. But to us, for something to be beautiful, I mean truly beautiful, it has to be imperfectly perfect. There is no right way to be a parent. There is only doing it to the best of your ability. And that is what we define as growing with grace. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome back, guys. So episode 16 is going to probably sound a little different. We are currently recording together in my car because we, well, life happens and the kids are inside, the baby's down for a nap, and this is how it goes. This episode, we're going to talk about goal setting and life directions. Hi, guys. It's Tyla. I'm just here to remind you to check us out on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Growing With Grace Podcast. You can check out our website at growingwithgracepodcast.com. If you have any questions or if you'd like to send us a message, you can do so to our email, which is growingwithgracepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Let's start. If you could see yourself now from 10 years ago, would you be where you thought you are currently, you know, like the previous you, if you could tell yourself 10 years ago that you'd be here, would you believe it? Okay. So 10 years ago, I was 17. Um, I'm trying to remember 17 year old Tyla. I guess I was still in high school. I was probably a junior or senior. And I don't really think I had a lot of life goals at that point in time. I think I was trying to get to college. So that was a goal. And I was pretty sure that I would accomplish that. So I I guess I did that. As far as other goals back then, I don't really think I was setting long-term goals. Do you think I was? Um, I think, well, I mean, in college is kind of a five-year plan. Think about it. Like college, if at least you get a bachelor's degree, that's four years. And if you were a high school, if you were a high school senior at that point, you were kind of just figuring out, when did you move in with me? Um, right after my second year of community college. Okay. So you, so that was after that. I was like 19. 19. I think, I think one of my goals too, around the age of 17. So for a a while I was thinking about joining the military, Mm -hmm. um, or doing some type of line of work like that, maybe cop or something. But, um, that was, I guess I go a goal that I had maybe set at that point in my life, but it obviously did not pan out. Well, and I think that's, we can have goals that maybe we, know that that's necessarily a goal like joining the military I feel like that's a direction you are thinking of heading in Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say that it's a goal and I think it's important to acknowledge setting goals are kind of solid ideas that yes goals can change and things do change but in general for me the goals that I've set were kind of things that didn't waver or change so for example getting a degree or get buying a house or having a family and establishing a career taking care of your physical fitness. Those are all kind of things that don't really necessarily change because mm-hmm. they, they, your specific goals might change, but the overall goal of creating a home or again, mm-hmm. creating a family could change. And I think that it was probably different for you because 10 years ago you were 18, right? Mm-hmm. So you had a one and a half year old, almost two year old. You were with your current husband now. Mm-hmm. So your, your life goals and your direction was a little bit different than mine because you already had like these big grown-up responsibilities. Whereas somebody like me, I didn't. So I didn't have to think about things like a house or a career that definitely was not on my horizon. Yeah. 
So for me, 10 years ago, we had just had Grace. She was one years old or one and a half years old at that point. And Mm -hmm. we had those big goals, like I had mentioned before about let's have a house, let's get careers and let's become financially stable enough. Because at the time we were, I don't want to say we were living in poverty, but we were living on, I want to say like $400 a week. Nick's first job was um, it was you were great... taking college classes too at that time. Correct. So we were living with family members, which were incredibly fortunate. We lived with um, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law for a while, Nick's parents. And then we had lived with my grandparents and I had taken care of my grandmother who had Alzheimer's for a few years. And we, while we worked towards that, I guess that financial goal of being able to really support our family independently. And again, that was something that kind of wavered. It was, you know, our ultimate goal was to have a home, but there were times where we, we did have a place of our own, like an apartment and we ended up not being able to necessarily financially, or it made more sense financially to live with, to move back in with family members, save money, and then find another place that we could call home. So it was definitely something that those types of goals, if you had told me 10 years ago Mm -hmm. that I would be in a new construction house that I built by step, like I, I picked Mm -hmm. everything out down to where the light sockets were. And I'd have two children who, you know, are holistically healthy and going to school. The light sockets or just the regular sockets? All of the sockets, every socket. <laughs> I guess it'd be light fixtures, not light sockets. You're, well, you know what I mean? Like literally light placement. But anyways, <laughs> you're getting off topic. Um, anyways, if you had told me 10 years ago now that I'd be sitting here mm-hmm. in, in a new car and a new garage with a new house and a career that I just really started and going back to school to get my bachelor's degree. I don't necessarily think I would have believed you. Was it a goal? Yes. But do I think I would have gotten here in 10 years? No. Let's ask this question because I think this question I would be able to answer a little bit different differently. Mm -hmm. So five years ago. Yes. Could you see yourself closer to where you're at right now? So five years ago, Jack would have been probably, you were pregnant with Jack. Yeah. No, he was, he's only five. So you would probably, he's five, he's five five and a half now. Yeah. So so you were pregnant with him. Well, five years ago, he would have been, no, I wouldn't be. Oh yeah. He'd be like six months months old. old. Yeah. If you had told me, I'm really bad at math. That's okay. We all have our strengths. Um, I no. if you had told me five years ago that I'd be here, I always had a plan. Mm -hmm. Like our home that we purchased at this point now, it was like seven or eight years ago. Mm -hmm. The home that we purchased was never going to be our forever home, but it was, it was a good, it was a starting point. And we always had ideas of grand ideas of bigger house. Um, you know, where are we going to raise our family permanently? How are we going to make this work for us? And at the time I was in such a difficult season with Jack and him needing so much Mm. mentally and physically that I don't think I necessarily, we had these goals on the back burner, but at the time it was so difficult to see past that, I guess, um, you know, to see past that daily struggle in that season of my life. So no, I don't think I would have five years ago said that I would be sitting here in this position now. Would you? So that's funny. Cause I, I did some quick math. So I was like five years ago, what year, what year was that? Yep. And that was 2016. So that was the year that I graduated college with my undergrad degree. And, um, if five years ago, you would have told me that I'd be married, I'd have a one-year-old, a house. I'd own a house. I would have been like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, five years ago. So I met Jeff, my husband six years ago, I met him in 2015 mm-hmm. and we didn't really, um, date fully, I guess in 2015, it was kind of on and off in 2015. And then at the end of 2016 is when we like officially started dating. Mm-hmm. So 
I see, I think that some parts of my life, I could see myself where I'm at right now. Like definitely with Jeff, maybe be engaged. Yeah. I don't think we'd be married if it wasn't for having Jeffrey. I don't think we'd own a house. I think you had goals at that point. You guys had, you had, you had very grand goals. You wanted to save up like, like a quarter or half of what you were going to put down for a down payment on a house, which. Well, yeah, we put 20% down, but, um, I think, I think our goals. So at that time, like five years ago, Jeff and I's goals were very, um, individual, individual. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Like it might sound like, oh, you guys were in a relationship. Like your goals should be intertwined and they certainly were but as soon as we got married and found out that we were you know having a kid together that changed the way we started setting our goals Mm -hmm. entirely so yeah it's interesting so why do you think it's important to set like did did you and you said 10 years ago you don't necessarily feel like you had goals other than go to college but yeah I was just trying to get drunk why is it why is it important for you to set like looking back or now do you feel that it's important and oh yeah you see yourself doing that more. So now I think that setting goals is super important because it gives you direction. Mm -hmm. And I think direction is really important. And I think unfortunately, and I've seen this with our family members, when Mm -hmm. you don't have direction or that path of, you may not know what you're going to see on that path down that road, every step of the way, but you have a general idea of like where you're going, what do you want out of life? Right. And I think that's exactly what a goal is. You have this, you know, there's light at the end of the road or tunnel or whatever. You have this, um, you know, this thing that you're trying to achieve Yeah. and you're not exactly sure how exactly you're going to get there all of the time, especially when you're a young kid, like 17 years old, but you just, you know, you are headset on getting there. So I think that's important. And I think why I'm, what I'm getting at is if you don't have that drive or that direction, you end up just kind of drifting around. Well, and I think goals give you purpose. They give you kind of like what you had said, they give you purpose and ideas. Okay. This is, this is what I'm working for. This is what I'm getting up and going to work for. I'm getting up and going to work for, uh, to have the career that I want, or I'm getting up and going to work so I can have that house that I want, or I'm getting up and starting my day with a smile on because I'm trying to make myself healthy. Mm -hmm. Those are all things that goal setting is essential for and goal attaining doesn't necessarily happen it's not something that just you do. And then, okay, now you've attained the goal. It's in your everyday choices. Like I was saying before, like you have to wake up and make the choice. Okay. I want to do this and why, and remind yourself, okay, this is my goal. This is where I'm headed. That's why I need to do these things. Like it it should give you the motivation to get to where you're going. It's everyday choices in my opinion. And that's why it's important to set goals because it it really Mm -hmm. gives you purpose and it gives you direction in life. It helps you to really it's motivating. Hone in. Exactly. Exactly. Otherwise you're just kind of left in this abyss of, okay, what next? Or yeah, why? it gives you, it gives you purpose, Absolutely. you know? And Absolutely. I think that's, that's really true with like a lot of things. So even for me personally, right now, I have a powerlifting competition coming up in November. So that's a couple weeks out now or about eight weeks out. And when I set a goal like that to compete in a powerlifting meet, right? I put way much, way more effort into my training sessions than I would if I didn't have something like that. Because you're working to. towards a goal. Right. Because we all know that things like discipline and self-control are hard habits to necessarily do all of the time. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. easy. So, Absolutely. So personally, what are important 
so you had talked about powerlifting mm-hmm. and health. Like what are some personal goals that you specifically work on for yourself? So definitely along with the lines of powerlifting, I think like my physical health is really important. So I make that a, a huge priority in my life, as I've said in other podcast episodes, that that's one of my top goals for sure. Um, more recently, my family life and like my my um, marriage Mm-hmm. is something that is very important to me and um, making sure that that's a huge priority for me mm-hmm. because Jeff and I have only been married for going on two years now. Mm-hmm. And so our marriage is brand new. And I can already tell you that like, as soon as my son was born, my patience went like way down yeah. and I would just get like way more frustrated more easily. And I could see myself like taking out um, my frustration or whatever on my husband. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of common. We do that a lot to the people that are closest to us and that we love, but it's not nice. So I'm making that a priority and a goal to really put my marriage first Mm -hmm. because I want to have a long and happy marriage, you know? And, um, also from listening to other podcasts too, of women who have been married for 10 plus years, that's something that they, really, really talk about is making sure you make time for your partner and dates and individual time as you two, just as a couple. And that was something that when my son was first born, I thought was so crazy and foreign. Like we can go on dates with the baby. Like what's the big deal? My husband would always be like, I don't want to go to a restaurant with him. That's not fun. And I'm like, you're mean. But now I totally like understand that. Mm-hmm. No, the, the you importance need to have of yeah, the that alone time. nurturing. Yes. Nurturing yeah. relationships with your husband. So other than that, personal goals, um, financial well-being is definitely something that's very important to both me and to my husband. And that's really about it. I think physical, mental, financial, my marriage, mm-hmm. my, yeah, that's it. What about you? <laughs> that's not, that's it. That's, that's all of the important things. And that's, that is something you should be proud of. Um, similarly to you, health is important to me. Um, uh, small, start small. Right. So for me, like drinking, just drinking water is a really Mm. drinking water and eating the appropriate amount of food a day is where I'm at right now. Um, for me personally, I'm also working on growing my education and experience and career. And those are things that are kind of fairly new, which we had alluded to a few episodes ago, but my moment of grace, I can reveal that I finally did get the job and we'll talk about it a little bit more, but hard work pays off. And it's really important that you, the personal goals for me are more recent because it's something that I'm learning and you're actually helping me nurture Kyla by letting me know that it is okay to like, to put yourself as a priority and it is okay to take care of yourself because you can't fill from an empty cup. And Mm -hmm. you have really taught me the importance of physical health and maintaining the adequate amount of calories and water throughout the day, which is not easy. Um, but also mental health. And sometimes I, especially now with me kind of entering in this whole new phase of life that the kids are in school and now I'm working on my career and I'm also going back to school and I'm also being a mom and a wife. I really need to prioritize and understand that I can't keep every plate spinning. This is a phrase I use a lot I like that. And you need like, but you, so instead of letting them all fall, you need to pick which ones stay spinning and, yeah. and it's okay. If a few of them need to stop for now, Yeah, you can always pick them back up later. And I think that that's going to be a hard lesson 
between my personal relationships with maybe some of my friends who I just, I, I'm not going to have the time. I'm mm-hmm. not going to have the time to dedicate to everyone. So I'm not going anywhere. I'm just working on me right now and all of my personal goals. Um, but kind of coming into like personal goals, like you had mentioned before was family goals. So mm-hmm. you said a few of your goals that you have personally are similar to your family goals. Do you want to mention how you, which, what you have for family goals? Well, I just want to touch up on what you had said. So first off, wow, thanks for attributing that stuff to me that feels nice <laughs> your fa- this is so hard to do in person can we just tell you guys watching each other's facial expressions we're sitting here like giggling at each other while we're recording. I actually like it I actually feel like I'm more engaged in the conversation it feels more natural personally hopefully but, um, they can hear us well I have a feeling the audio is going to be trash but whatever <laughs> it is what it is so first of all thank you I think that's awesome and I think that that is something that's taken me years. Right. And I think it's different for give yourself grace and knowing that I had so much time, free time to focus on me. I didn't have to worry about anybody else for Mm -hmm. the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Really. It was just me. And then for the last five years, it's been me and Jeff, but again, we were together, but we had very individualized goals because we didn't have to worry about anybody else, but you have been really well, married for what, six, seven years? You're but, putting me on the spot. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think, I think six, it's six years actually in like a week. Yeah. So six years, but you've been together with Nick, your partner for 12, 12 years 12 plus maybe 13. And you, you have Grace who is 11. So for the last 11 years, you have not been able, or it's felt like you have not been able to put yourself first. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who is a new mom, I totally get that. I can finally relate and see how it's so easy to put your children first and to forget about yourself. But I think because I had that practice, so, mm-hmm. so many years of being able to put myself first and seeing those around me who didn't do things like that, I was like, okay, I need to do this. It's important. So well, and it costs you, like it costs you by not taking care of yourself. And this is, I forget which episode, maybe it was conflicts um, we had talked about, but it costs you something by not taking care of yourself mentally and physically and emotionally. Like you just, you, you can't be the best version of yourself for all the other things that you're trying to show up for. For sure. Absolutely. So showing up for things, <laughs> I know you wanted to acknowledge, but thank you. I appreciate that. Your family goals. Okay. So family goals. Yeah. It's really kind of crazy how quickly everything happened for me and my family because Jeff and I got married like almost immediately. As soon as we found out we were pregnant, it was really important to me to be married. And so we didn't have like, you know, a traditional proposal and a waiting period. We kind of literally, so we work for the same like mother company. Mm -hmm. So we're able to use I am and like, I am each other. And I remember one day at work, I was like, I I am. And I said, Hey, Hey, do you want to get married this weekend? Cause we were floating around the idea of having a smaller intimate wedding in a few months, but, um, we did just, and he was like, yeah, let's do it. So we ended up getting married like that weekend. And of course, Kiana was like, no, we have to have like a little bit of a celebration. You have to have a wedding dress. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. But I am glad that we did that. And it was kind of like right after we got married, it was like, bam, everything happened. We combined our finances, which um, Jeff and I have always been very on top of how we spend money. Mm -hmm. And I think for the longest time, we always kind of like split everything 50-50. And then once we got married and we really combined our finances, we're able to lay everything out and see everything. 
we did something a little bit different and, um, you know, finances are personal. Mm -hmm. So this isn't me saying this is how you should do things in a marriage or, you know, like however, whatever you do for your family, like works for your family, but this works for us. And I feel like it's very equitable. Mm -hmm. So we take our total income. So my salary and Jeff's salary combined and any additional sources of income that we may have. So like my husband is in the air national guard, so he gets additional money from that. And then we say, okay, so if Jeff makes 70% of our total salary, then he's responsible for 70% of our liabilities or our bills. And I'm, you know, responsible for 30%. These are made up numbers. That's not actually what it is, but we do like a ratio like that. And we think that's like the fairest way to do it. And then, um, so I guess right now I'm talking about financial family goals. So another thing that Jeff and I are pretty passionate about is being able to retire early. Mm -hmm. So this um, concept or idea is um, part of like the FI movement. Some people call it the FIRE movement, which stands for financially independent retire early. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who do this to like an extreme. They live extremely frugally and they they basically have a savings rate of more than 50% of their total income. Um, I think that's great for people who want to do that, but I also believe that like, you know, you should be enjoying life now, Mm -hmm. but those people who are able to do that, like literally save up so much money that they're able to retire in 10 years, I would be like less than 40 in 10 years. I don't see myself actually retiring, but I can tell you that when I'm like in my forties, I want work to be something that's optional. Right. So I don't want to be somebody who's stuck in a cubicle till I'm 60, 70 years old because I've allowed, you know, I I always talk about how if you make more money, you spend more money. Right. And then before you know it, you have to keep going to work every day because you have all of these bills essentially that you have to keep paying for. So um, finances are a big part of our family goals. Mm -hmm. Um, We budget. We it's we it's actually it's October 2nd today. So we just had our end of month like finance meeting. And that's something that we do. We have like these mid month and end of month check ins or dates. And we just talk about what we've spent. um, What savings goals we have and, you know, vacations or just just different sinking funds that we build up money in to be able to spend money on various things like vacations or house projects and things like that. Other than that, um, physical fitness and health is definitely an important thing for our family. And Jeff and I have very different physical fitness goals. I am a power lifter. He is more of a, a, I don't even know what to call him, just an athlete. He Mm -hmm. runs, he swims, he bikes, he does lift weights as well, but he's just kind of way more, uh, he dips his toes in all the waters. Um, And then Food is another big important thing for my family. Um, I don't, I don't think I'm a food snob. Maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> I'm very particular with what food I choose to eat and what food I choose to feed my family. So another thing with Jeffrey having um, primary lymphedema, it's very important for him to maintain a healthy weight. And so you know, I try to make that a priority by buying good, wholesome, good quality nutritious foods. Other than that, are there any other goals that we have for our family? Well, how about growing your family? Okay. Yeah. So down the road, this is something that we're kind of talking about right now because I was initially planning maybe hopefully to get pregnant early next year. Mm -hmm. And 
now I'm kind of thinking more about that. And if I were to get pregnant early next year, that would mean I'd have a baby sometime next fall and Jeffrey would be about two and a half, not even quite two and a half years old. And so he'd still be in diapers. And the thought of that is like, oh man, that's a lot of work. So I'm thinking maybe if we have a, we decide to get pregnant sometime in the fall, that baby would be born right around when Jeffrey's about to turn three. So he'd be most likely out of diapers or on his way to being potty trained. And that might be a little bit easier on our, on our family. Um, yeah, so we definitely want to grow our family, at least one more child. Uh, I think I, I've said things like, yeah, I'd have like, you know, six (laughs) kids if, you know, finances weren't a thing. And I, Mm -hmm. I do think I'd love to have a big family. And I think that stems from not having a super stable upbringing Mm -hmm. and not having a relationship even really I don't have much relationship with my own biological siblings Mm -hmm. and I think that makes me sad so the idea of having a big family and having a bunch of kids who love their brothers and sisters and everybody gets to congregate and the idea of being a grandmother someday and having all my kids and their kids is just very um I I don't know how to describe it is idealizing yeah it's like my idea of like, oh, the picture perfect family. And right. I know like, you know, not everything always works out that way, but I definitely see us growing our family. Um, I'm not opposed to the um, idea of a- adoption. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a really beautiful thing to do. So um, I would like to get another house someday, maybe have a second house, have like some place where we like to vacation or um, making time for family trips and vacations, but also then setting aside a time for Jeff and I to just go somewhere alone, the two of us. Which will be hard if you're having more kids, the more kids you have, the more difficult it is. And that's kind of like, it ties into the thing that we were talking about before, about how sometimes certain goals kind of, the goals don't maybe necessarily change, right? So like growing your family is the goal. The goal is to grow your family. Mm -hmm how many kids you're adding to your family or what that entails might be different and and it might change. So like you had said, you had said maybe four kids and now you're thinking, well, maybe just one more, maybe just two more. Those are all things that can change with goal setting. And I don't think that goal setting is so finite. There are pieces that can be right. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I want my bachelor's degree. I'm starting there. I'm going to go to school until I get my bachelor's degree. And then we'll approach the idea of maybe master's, maybe I'm all done there. We'll Mm -hmm. see. There are some goals like that, but I think there are other goals of like growing your family that are kind of left open-ended, but it's there. And you're making these again, daily choices to get there and certain things come into play and they factor into what, what routes you take to get to that goal, I guess. And I think that that's important to acknowledge of, you know, okay, maybe I might have three kids, maybe we'll adopt, or, you know, maybe we'll have a vacation home, or maybe we'll just have a second home or all of those types of things are, are important. But when you're goal setting, or you have these goals, um, they don't necessarily have to be concrete, or they don't necessarily have to be an end all. They could be just a general where you want to be or what you're hoping out of life. And I think that that's important to acknowledge to the listeners too, that like, you don't have to know it all. And most of the time, I don't think I do either. I just have a general rough idea of, I'd like yeah. to be here. It's more of my goals are more of, I like, I'd like to be mm-hmm. here, or I'd like to have this. And then it helps me make those daily decisions, like the motivation and getting up and doing these things. 
it gives me that direction of, okay, if this is what I really want out of life, then that means I got to put in the work to get that kind of stuff. I, I do agree with that. Although one thing I do have to say is using words like I'd like to have, or, you know, maybe one day I'd like to do this and that. I think those can be kind of wishy-washy sometimes. And sometimes mm-hmm. I think if you use like bold, almost like creating a vision board or something right. like that, or if you use statements that are very intentional and say, one day I am going to do this. I am going to have that second house or I am going to be this boss B mm-hmm. working here, here or wherever, you know, um, I think that can actually like raise your own self-confidence and help you to achieve those things because it's like you're almost putting it into the universe. Right. Yeah. And well, and you're also kind of making a declaration to yourself. And it's yes. like, if you're going to, if you're going to follow through with anything, let it be following through with the declarations you make to yourself. Yeah. That is number one goal setting. Like I think life setting, just life altogether. If you're going to keep your promises to anyone, mm-hmm. keep your own promises to yourself. To yourself for yeah, sure. absolutely. I think that's really important. So what about your family goals? What do you see yourself and your family in the, the next five years? What's on the horizon for the carpenters? Well, so five years from now, Grace is going to be driving. Jack is going to be almost 10. And hopefully at that point, I'll, I'll have my bachelor's degree and really be, I don't want to say long established, but well into what I'm doing for my career and, and where that's going. Mm-hmm. Um, a goal that we have as a family eventually is for Nick to open up his own business. Okay. And maybe I would be a part of that. Maybe not at all. That, and that's kind of, I guess, the wishy-washy part of it the direction of getting there can change. And right now this is all just things that we throw around, but the hope is that Nick for for Nick to have his own business. And for me, one of my lifelong goals have always been to have a legacy, something to leave behind. Mm -hmm. So supporting Nick and his endeavors, whatever they may be is important to me too, because that's leaving a legacy behind this podcast to me as leaving a legacy behind. Mm -hmm. It's leaving something that's tangible that, you know, other generations, my children, or someone else can look upon it and and get value out of maybe long after I'm gone. Maybe not. Who knows how concrete podcasts are and it's deep. It it is, but I mean, that's really cool too, to think about the podcast almost as it is leaving somewhat of a legacy, you know, maybe we'll have grandkids or kids someday that'll listen to these episodes and be like, well, oh my is, gosh, that's yeah. my mom. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. But so five years from now looks kind of cool to me. And I think because Nick and I started our family early, we didn't have that time. Like you and that five years of yeah. you and Jeff time and we're not quite there yet. We're like almost there. Um, but I think in five years, it'd be really nice for us to have a, a, a dedicated once a year annual trip that him and I take just the two of us to reinforce that. I think it's going to wait. You're going to have to wait five years or so to get to that point. I mean, for it to become something that's solidified. Yes. Do I think that him and I will have trips between now and then? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hoping to have one maybe this fall, but it's something that I hope will be an annual thing by five years, five years from now. I'm really hoping. And also another thing for our family, um, we are completely done. We, our family is at, we are happy with what we have and our family is complete. And it was as soon as having kids, correct, correct. We're done having children. Um, I probably wouldn't entertain the idea of adopting at this point, just because the route that I've not that I wouldn't ever do it, but I think just the route that my life has led me, Mm -hmm. I kind of dedicated 
my younger years to children. And now I'm getting to the point where I get to have those years. Exactly. Me time. And I'm not quite at that point where I feel like I'd be able to share that, which maybe sounds a little selfish. I don't think so. Exactly. Like I, I I need that time to really build up myself. And again, my relationship with my husband. Your family is complete. Your family is complete. Absolutely. So anything for anybody to decide or change, but yes. Um, so Nick got, Nick got a vasectomy. So officially, officially we are done. We are no longer having any more children. And, um, it was a little bittersweet for me. I'm going to say like, we both wanted, I, I know that I wanted no more children. We knew that our family was complete, but the idea of it being so said and done. Yes. Yeah, scary. And kind it of. was, it was, it was a little bit like, kind of like, you know, a roller coaster. Like you go to the top of it and you're like, you're hold your breath as you go over. And now mm-hmm. that it's complete and it's done, I, I couldn't be more happy and grateful. Oh, that's that great. We, that we did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. That we did it. And, and we're at that point in our lives, but five years from now, I'd also like to have a, some type of passive income. I'd like to have mm-hmm. either a rental property property or an Airbnb mm-hmm. or something else that brings in revenues. So that way we can do things like build a company to leave behind as a legacy as well. Cool. Yeah. So our family goals are in the next five years are kind of big. They're big. I think it's one of the uh, really cool goals. And I think it's totally obtainable because Nick is such a hard worker. Him having his own business, I think is like a really great, Mm -hmm. great goal. I think um, I can totally see that happening. It's not all rainbows and sunshines though. People who own their own business, it's a lot of stress. You don't have weekends off. You don't have good hours, but Hey, if you remember, I did own my own business. You did. I think technically you still do hold the LLC, don't you? No, No. I I dissolved it officially as of last year. So, well, maybe in your early retirement, it'll be something you bring back or maybe that passion will be something that you can read. I've done it once before, so I could do it again. Exactly. So it's pretty, I think the actual the general things about starting a business is pretty easy, but mm-hmm. actually running a business, especially as one person, and that's usually how most businesses start. You wear many different hats is, is very difficult. It's a lot of work. And um, I can tell you after, so I started a business a couple years ago, um, running dogs, LLC. <laughs> I was a dog walker and pet sitter. And I can tell you with um, every bone in my body, I don't think I'd ever want to own my own business. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's 24 seven. When you're, when you're a dedicated worker, clock. well, and we we're talking about goals, right? So like when you're a dedicated worker and you work so, so hard and it go some place, sometimes, and in some institutions, it goes nowhere. It, it, your hard work kind of doesn't get rewarded. Oh, yeah. Yes. So certain places that certain places. So that let's can talk about career goals. Okay. So, um, as Kiana was saying, I think she was getting down the path of like, you can dedicate your whole life, your whole career to a company, to this organization. And at the end of the day, you're pretty much expendable. You're very replaceable, especially if you work for a big corporation. I work for an extremely large corporation that just seems like every year we're doing another merger and becoming bigger and bigger, which can be good, but it can also be bad because, um, you know, when I went out on my maternity leave, for example, I was like, oh my goodness, how are my programs going to ever survive without me? I'm not exactly that theatrical mm-hmm. and dramatic, but I did. I felt worried that my team, I would, I was letting down my team to be able to step away from work for four months. And, um, that was very naive and silly of me because when I came back to work, my team did an amazing job. They were able to totally pick up, you know, right where I left off. And that company just kept on chugging. And that was kind of like a, a wake up call for me and realizing that you're absolutely right. Like, right. This company will go on without you. Right. You, are, you are very small and pretty insignificant. And that doesn't sound nice and pretty. And you like to think of yourself as you're super important and you're contributing to this team or to this big 
picture idea. And, you know, to, to a degree you are, but you also have to maintain that idea that, you know, you could be let go from your job. And that's why I think um, tying in like financial goals and having that security blanket of like an emergency fund or something like that. So that way, if you do let go from your job or say you end up in a super toxic situation where you have a really bad environment where you're just super unhappy and miserable to go to work every day. And I can, I can honestly say I've been there Mm -hmm. and I've had to make that decision. And thank goodness, you know, my husband, boyfriend, Jeffrey at the time, was um, in a a very good job, the job that he still holds today. And he told me to walk away. He said, we can, we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Quit your job. It's not worth the mental stress. It's not worth the stress and everything. So I'm very grateful that I had that opportunity to experience what it was like to work in a toxic field or toxic environment because you learned a lot. I learned a lot. I learned my value. I learned how much I was worth and I, you can't put a price on your own happiness. Mm -hmm. Or your mental turmoil. And it, I think, because so, some places are not necessarily super happily rewarding or anything like that. But if you're walking away from it and, and being at a deficit, that's an entirely different ball game. Right. If you're getting, if you're getting up in the morning and like crying on your way to work and sitting in the car with like crippling anxiety because you don't want to go inside, that's not okay. And I realized that, you know, I was, I had a certain level of privilege to be able to just quit my job. There mm-hmm. are probably a lot of people, maybe people even listening to this podcast now who are in that position that are like, you know, oh, well, that's nice. That sounds nice to just leave a job. But like, I have a house, I have a family, I have to, you know, put food on my table. I can't just quit my job. And I totally get that. And I think that if you're in that position, then just try to start saving money right now. Yeah. As, as, even if it's just a tiny bit, try to put a little bit of money away. And if you can't afford to save anything, take a look at where you're spending your money. Mm-hmm. Where can you trim the fat? Where can you, you know, cut back to be able to save? Because this is going to help you in the future, five, 10 years from now, to be able to equip you with the tools that you may need to get yourself out of that toxic or career. So absolutely. So career, so career-wise, are you where you think you would be like five years ago? Are you where you think you would be? And where do you see yourself five years from now? So that's really interesting. So five years ago, I was um starting my master's program Mm -hmm. and I was in a master of public administration, which is a very public centric type of um, degree. So most people who get MPAs end up working in either the state, local, federal government setting or often nonprofit as well. Mm -hmm. And um, at that time I started dating Jeffrey and my husband is like obsessed with airplanes and this show called Air Disasters, which is (laughs) literally a show about airplanes that crash and then um the different agencies go in they figure out why the plane crashed and they try to like make the situation safer so this doesn't happen again right and it was really interesting while I was in my MPA program to be able to see how agencies like the FAA the NTSB interacted with these private organizations like the different airlines and such and I thought hmm so part of my master's program you had to do this big internship And they have a lot of like these internships already set up that you can kind of pick from. Mm -hmm. But I kind of being myself that I was, I went outside the box and said, let me find my own internship. So I didn't live too far away from our state's international airport. So I reached out to um, Bradley trying to set something up with the FAA. Like I was like, oh, maybe I could go work in the tower or something like that. I had no idea what I was doing. But anyways, um, Bradley is run by a state agency called the Connecticut Airport Authority. 
so I ended up going in there for an interview and it all just kind of worked out and I was able to set up my own um, internship with them, which ended up actually leading to my first job out of college. So five years ago, I don't know that I would have seen myself. So right now I work in the private sector, still in aerospace and, you know, airplane, I guess, related, but it's a little different. I don't think I would have seen myself working in the private sector. I think I probably would have seen myself working in the public sector. Um, and then that job at Bradley didn't end up working out, unfortunately. And that was the job that I ended up quitting kind of without like a plan. So where do you see yourself in five years from now? Five years from now. So I definitely, so my career is very important to me and um, making money is very important to me because of other goals that I have that are more important. So my career is definitely not my number one priority, Mm -hmm. but being able to have financial security for myself and for my family is probably my, I don't know if it's my number one priority, but it's up there because I do think that like, if I have that set, Mm -hmm. everything else is going to be easy. It's going to come easily. So having, you know, um, that financial security allows me to have like the peace and I can build the, you know, love and stable family that I want to have. And I definitely think that, you know, there's a balance, like I want to leave work at work. So I don't have any ambitions to like make myself rise to the top, like the corporate ladder. That's not really something that interests me. Um, of course I would like to make more money. Who doesn't? Right. But I want to make more money, but I still want to be able to focus on my family. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to have to take my work home on the weekends or late nights or things like that. I want to be able to go to my kids games and work out and do things like that and still put myself and my family first before my career. So maybe in five years what it, what I'm hearing is um, that you don't necessarily need career ed- or um, position advancement, but just adequate raise advancement. Yeah. And I think like um, there's only a few ways that you can make raises and things like that. Like, so, you know, you want to become a manager of people. Yeah. That's often a, a way to increase your salary. And I don't think I have any desire to be a well, manager. And that's of the kind of job that you do take home. You know, that's oh, the kind of sure. thing that you, and again, it, it all depends on what your goals are, where, right. where, where you prioritize and where you see things. And um, in my new job, I've kind of. Let's talk about your new job. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so for me, five years ago, I don't even know where I was. That was Jack. So five years ago, I was working as a paraprofessional in the education system at mm-hmm. my local um, elementary school. And I actually enjoyed the work. Um, I learned that I never wanted to be a teacher because <laughs> teachers have to deal with not only the kids, but the parents too. Um, but I, I learned that I really loved working with my community and I really loved um, having a career that I could put my family's needs and my needs first, similar to yours. Um, but just different instead Mm -hmm. of doing, you know, aeronautics, I'm doing local community stuff. And, um, that kind of put me on the path of just, you know, that led one thing led to another and I worked for another school and I've kind of been in the community slash school systems for the last five years. Yeah. Um, so a few days ago, it's been officially announced so I can talk about it. Um, I was hired at my town and I am now the executive assistant to the first selectman at the town that I live in. Congratulations. Thank you so much. (laughs) And, um, it's a real, um, it's a great place for me to really learn 
so many things and not only learned so many things necessarily career-wise, but just life-wise. And I think for me, career-wise, it's important that I maintain that those boundaries of work and home because my husband is the breadwinner and yes, finances are important, but to me with kids that have such special needs and I've always had to be the one to take care of them, the way that the dynamic of our family has kind of played out is that I need a career where I can put my children first. And one of the first things that was said to me when I got officially hired was don't forget your priorities, your family comes first. And Mm. that felt so good to be in, to finally be in a place where I'm being challenged um, career-wise. I'm being challenged. I'm doing things that I've never done before working for the town. Um, And so far it's been really great. And, but I'm, they're also genuinely care about me as a person Yeah. and they, they, they prioritize family too. And I think that that's so beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to find a career that you really have that ability to nurture and take care of the other aspects of life. And so for me in five years, I think I would like to have a little more financial stability as well as, um, career stability without, again, kind of like you not taking on the official, you know, I want a whole lot more work because I need to maintain that work-life balance. And which is why I'm continuing, I'm continuing my education now because I foresee myself either in the town for Mm long-term, um, or in the town for long-term and then maybe going on to another university or school. I definitely see myself in some type of academic or public, um, public. I think that's, so that's really interesting to see like where you're at in your career right now and like where you see yourself going, because we're really on, we're in two different, completely, completely different spots. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like me, I just started my family. I want to have more kids and add to my family. And like you said, you know, the more kids and stuff that you add, it just gets harder. I mean, it's already pretty difficult right now to balance all the Mm -hmm. different schedules and appointments and my dentist appointments and the baby's dentist appointments and Jeff's appointments. And you just keep adding little ones to that. And it just gets kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, it's really awesome to hear you say that you're job when you got hired said you need to, you know, or we let you value your family and put your family first. That's so awesome to hear that because there are so many jobs where that's not the case. And especially as like a woman and I work in engineering too, and to see, um, I don't, there are not a lot of women that I work with that are in leadership positions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just, um, fortunately, common, right? Because oftentimes women are the ones who end up staying home or become the primary caretaker, or, Mm -hmm. you know, if somebody has to take time off of work to take care of the sick kid or bring the kid to a doctor's office, it usually ends up being mom. Um, and I think it's so awesome to be able to work for a company or for an organization or, um, whatever it might be that values you enough to know that like you're a person and you have a family and you have multiple things going on. And Mm -hmm. I do have to say too, with like the pandemic for me, and I know the pandemic has been a really hard thing for so many people and for so many families, but for my family, it's been, there's been a lot of good that's come out of it, you know? So like for me, um, my company, for all the people who work in in the administrative side of engineering, so not actually in the manufacturing Mm -hmm. side, we've all been working remotely for going on two years now. And I love working remotely. I do think that there are parts of working um, in person together that are great that you can't, 
you cannot recreate right. with everybody working remotely. Absolutely. Like that collaboration and just, you know, like when you're in the office and people are just having those water cooler kind of jokes and things like that. Like I do miss that. Mm-hmm. And I think that I would like to maybe go back into the office a few days a week just to get that social interaction with my coworkers. But the flexibility of not having to have a commute has been game changing Absolutely. For me. And I think that now that I've kind of like dabbled in that, I don't know if I would ever go back to a traditional nine to five where I was expected to show up like every single day. Well, and that's another good thing about my job too, is that it is, um, technically it's part-time right now, but full-time is only Monday through Thursday. And I think a four day work week is ideal. And that's why I want to be in either the education system or in a public place, like maintaining the town job, just because it's, um, I think that that really helps me to really put a focus on myself, especially with the kids being in school, because working Monday through Thursday, that means that I have that day Friday to, to really do what I need to do to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes one day isn't enough, but we make do with what we have, right? True. So um, we talked about where we see ourselves in the next three to five years. Um, what do we do to set up systems do you do you set up systems to help you accomplish your goals more easily and do you have examples of the systems that you kind of create so that way your goals set you can set yourself up for success with your goals yeah so I can talk a little bit about my um physical goals so with training I try to train um weekly every every week on the same days mm-hmm. so it's kind of like I have that cut out for me so right. I know like these four days of the week I'm training and I try to make it the same time. I try to train with my friend, Sam. So that allows me to have that accountability and that mm-hmm. expectation. I know it's coming that it lets me accomplish a goal. And I know like we just set up one jointly together with like trying to record our podcast every yep. week on the same day around the same time, right? which helps us kind of meet that goal of getting an episode out to you guys at the same time every week. Um, other little things that I like to do is like meal prep, right? So I prep food in the beginning of the week or, you know, twice a week that allows me to not have to like stress about making meals and stuff like that to feed myself. And then I don't have to like worry about tracking my food because it's already done for me. Well, that, and you're like, you're making it eat, like literally it sounds like what you're doing is you're making it very, it's almost more work to not follow the goal. Like once you've yes. set up these systems, yes. you now you've put put it in place so solid that if you were to have to text your friend and be like, no, I'm not going, it would be more of an inconvenience than it would be just to get your butt up and go because you've right. set up this thing where there's an expectation there or the food again. Yeah. If you don't want to eat it now, you, now this is what you have for food. This is what you have to eat. If you don't want to eat it and follow your routine now, you have to, you have to physically make something else, which is more right, work. or drive somewhere and correct, get something different. Correct. And then I think, so on the financial front, um, setting up automatic things that allow you to automatically save, automatically invest, automatically pay your bills, mm-hmm. things like that. Just take the thought out of it because everything that we do takes some level of effort, mental effort, effort, physical effort, and the less things that you can do or the more things that you can delegate to robots essentially mm-hmm. makes your life so much easier. Absolutely. So those are just a few examples. Well, of is there I anything do. that can get it, that can get in your way of achieve? So like those are ways that you can make it more successful. Are there things that happen to get in your way? Like, yeah. So definitely me. I'm a in. Um, this relates to, I guess, fitness and 
nutritional goals. Mm-hmm. So me, when I get in social settings, I have a very hard time having like self-control. So I always tell people I'm very disciplined. Yeah. So I won't, if I'm by myself and doing my own thing, I'm not going to go out of my way to like eat like junk food and things like that. But if I'm in a social setting where, you know, I'm at a party or a get together or around friends and family, I have very, very bad self-control. So I'll be like, Ooh, cookies, Ooh, (sighs) snacks. Yes. I want it. I want it all. And if it's like kind of in front of me, I have a hard time, like not reaching for it, but if it's just not there at all, I won't usually go for it. So I think, um, that can be hard for me. I'm also a little bit impulsive when it comes to certain things. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I'll buy things sometimes without putting much thought into it and be like, oh, I want it. I'm just going to get it. And then I'll be like, ooh, I should have thought about this. You know, like maybe there was something that I could have like bought a better quality item or something like that had I been a little bit more patient mm-hmm. and, and put more, thought put into more it. intention into it. So, you know, what about you? Are there things that you set up in your life to allow you to accomplish goals more easily? Yeah. Kind of like you had said, um, just things that are automation. So like pre doing anything that makes do accomplishing said goals easier. So again, kind of like you and Sam, I've now set up myself where, okay, on Sundays I'm going to go to play soccer and yes, it's really fun, but it's also a lot of physical activity. Um, I also once a week have started, I met a new friend and we go for walks and that's getting me physical. And with the new career and work and in working and school and the kids schedules, it's been really hard for me to focus, to get in physical activity, but doing things, um, one surrounding myself with people who are doing the things that I'm trying to do is really, I think important. I think Mm -hmm. that really, really helps when you're around people who don't have the same mindset or goals. It makes it really hard to adhere, adhere to your plan. Exactly. And it's kind of like, it kind of speaks to that social setting that you were saying, like, Oh, when you're with people, because you know, we do mean, we do kind of do, you know, our thing throughout the week, but when we have our Friday things, it's more of snacky foods and mm-hmm. um, things, which is fine. I think that there's a good balance between everything, Absolutely. but it's definitely something that makes it more difficult to adhere to yeah. your plan because right. now it's all of that goes out the window and it's a social hour and you're right. You know, it's all about enjoying the moment. And I think uh-huh. that that's, that's needed sometimes, yeah. but in moderation and right. or um, planning for it, you know, exactly, which exactly. is what I've tried to do too. So like what Kiana is talking about is every Friday night, she usually has guests over and the last month or so yep. I've been coming over and spending the night with um, Jeffrey. And I was so nervous to do this. I thought it would be like such a crazy thing, but every time I've come, it's I've planned a little bit more yep. and it's gotten easier and easier. And I think exactly like you said, like having that balance and knowing that it's okay and owning it too. Right. So if you're going to eat junk food and stuff like that, like own it, like it is what it is. Right. Figure it out and like move on. Tomorrow's a new day. You can start over. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes, um, time, effort, and energy can get in the way. So, and time, effort, energy, and just when things don't go to plan, sometimes Jack is having an off day and the idea of going for a run and he's tantruming, having a total meltdown. And Nick is just, just got in from work. Uh The idea of me doing something for myself right now is just not feasible. It's Uh just not realistic. Um, so as a parent and as a mom, and I'm sure as you know, too, like sometimes you'll go to do something that sounds great and it doesn't always work out that way. And when things don't go to plan, that definitely kind of 
goes awry, but I think setting yourself up as best as you can for success and maintaining a positive attitude about it is really, really important to help you achieve those goals. And like you said, own it when you, when you slip and fall and just hold yourself accountable moving forward. Right. Don't let that one like stray off the path, like just be like, okay, thrown in the towel, giving up completely. Yeah. And then it totally derails. Right. I think that you also need to take into consideration a holistic picture of, okay, you know, so for me right now, for example, physical activity is really important as a part of my mental health too. But right now with me, with my new career and school and the kids schedules, the reality is I can't dedicate you know, before when I was staying home with the kids, I can't dedicate the four days a week that I was physically, you know, expending lots of calories. So I've accepted the fact that I'm not, I'm, I I can eat healthy that I can do. I can maintain a good, healthy food intake, but the idea of me being, you know, physical or doing an hour and a half run and workout is just not realistic for me right now. And trying to set a goal like that is only setting myself up for for failure and potentially to be derailed because now it's not realistic. If you can't, if you set this goal and it's not realistic, you're now setting yourself up for failure, which honestly which I makes think is you detri- feel awful. Well, not only I- that, it's detrimental to your goal setting yeah. intent- intentions because now you're teaching yourself that, oh, goals are not attainable. Oh, I can't do this. And I think that that's something that you should really keep in mind when you set these goals, make sure that they're realistic and attainable and give yourself. So another system that I do is I love making lists. Yeah. Um, I love whiteboards. I love writing things down and crossing them off or making check boxes or whatever. That gives me a lot of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm not alone in that. Yeah. So oftentimes when I'm getting ready for the day or something like that, I'll put really menial things on the list, like do the dishes. Yeah. Make my bed. I barely ever make my bed, but you know, it sounds good, Yeah, you know, but little things like that, that you can cross off. You can put the check in the box because Mm -hmm. you feel good. You've accomplished a goal as small as it was. You set out to do something, you accomplished it. It's going to build your confidence and allow you to like work towards those goals that may be a little bit more difficult to achieve. You're giving yourself credit. So you're, so you're visually seeing that because it may, you may have like three hours pass and you'll stop and think to yourself, Oh my God, where has the time gone? Like right. what have I accomplished? But when you sit down and you think, okay, so what did I accomplish in these goals? Even if they were like you were saying menial or whatever, they, they count, they mean, they mean something. So writing them down to visually see, okay, even though it feels like I've wasted these past three hours, I've actually accomplished X, Y, and Z. Right. And you can really set yourself to these standards of, okay, I can attain these things. I just need to make sure that I'm realistic with it and do mm-hmm. not over, over fill your plate, I guess. Don't, don't try and don't give yourself too many things. Exactly. To you, it's not don't attainable yourself, to have six plates spinning. It's just yeah, not, don't so give you've yourself, got to pick four. Don't give yourself too many things to do. Don't give yourself goals that are too hard to obtain and be realistic with what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know? And give yourself credit for, for the pieces that you're checking off in, on a daily basis. Right. Yeah. And I think like setting like maybe three goals for the day, mm-hmm. like three things, little things is like more than enough. Like if you've accomplished three things off of your to-do list, like you've done a good job and you know, it's fine. Yeah. I think that that's important. So it seems like we're nearing our natural end. Do you want to share your moment of grace? I want you to share your moment of grace because I don't know what my moment of grace is. So I need to think about it. 
I've been thinking about it this whole episode and now the episode is over and I'm like, mm-hmm. you stressed out about it. Okay. So my moment of grace is that, um, I worked really, really hard, um, to get the job that I got and at the town. And I spent the last three weeks kind of in mental turmoil because I was working extremely hard to, to prove my worth and my, and myself prove to myself that I was worthy of this position, um, that I felt almost was too big for me. And, um, when they officially, when I interviewed and they officially hired me, it really helped me to, again, recognize my own Mm self-worth and and know that it is important to believe in yourself and to give yourself grace in those moments. Because I had kind of, it was almost like a round circle. Like I was like, oh, like I really, really want this job. And then like halfway in week two, I was like, okay, you know, my self-esteem kind of started to wane and I'm like, they're never going to pick me for it. It is what it is. I need to kind of come to terms with it. And then by the time I came full circle and I was ready to interview, I was like, you know what, this wasn't, you know, even if I'm not chosen for this position, this wasn't a waste. I've grown career-wise in the last two, three weeks and I've grown mentally in the last two to three weeks. And I know that I'm I am capable and I can do it. And if I'm not chosen for this position, it means that there's something else out there. So, um, I'm so incredibly grateful that I was chosen for the position, but I I feel like things happen the way that they're supposed to happen sometimes, especially when you have your goals set and when you have your eye eyes on your goals, it really helps you to get to where you're going. So my moment of grace was that I got a job. I got the job that I worked really hard for. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's really awesome, Ken. I'm super, super proud of you. It's amazing how quickly things can change in a matter of like two weeks, you know? Yeah. Two and a half, three weeks. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool. So my moment of grace, I guess, is I've had a cold all week long and I also had some more dental work done. Step two of getting a dental implant. And I've just kind of had a, not been feeling super great. So, um, two of my training sessions this week, the conditioning that I had to do were kind of like impact related. Like mm-hmm. I had to do explosive pushups. Right. And when I was trying to do them, like every time I would push, like explode off the ground, basically to do like push up claps, it made my head hurt so bad. And yeah. I don't know if that's because of the congestion and all the stuffiness I have, or because of the stitches in my mouth. And I literally have a screw in my jaw. So like, it just did not feel good. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to overdo this. I'm just going to give myself a moment of grace to just skip my conditioning and I'll take my dog for a walk. So that was my moment of grace. So you still got active, but you, yeah. yeah. So it's not you like you gave up, up. Total, exactly. Your goal stayed the same. You just changed the course a little. Yeah. Well, that, I think we've had a good episode this week. Hopefully everyone can hear us. Well, again, recap, we're in the car. <laughs> the baby is still napping. So that's a little moment of grace for us. It feels like it's a hundred degrees in here. We might die. So thank yeah. you guys for listening and we hope that you can hear us. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening guys. Bye. We'll talk soon. Bye.